All right, so if you have your Bibles, please open them up. We are going to be in 1 Corinthians. We are going to start from chapter 3, verse 18. It says, Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours. Whether Paul, or Apollos, or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come, all are yours. And you are Christ, and Christ is God's. Chapter 4, verse 1, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for someone like the Apostle Paul, as great and as grand as he was in the body of Christ, being the main teacher to the church that we see here in the New Testament letters. And yet, he says, he wanted himself as well as Apollos to be considered simply just a servant and a steward. Help us to see ourselves as that as well. Lord, help us to see ourselves on the pages of Scripture here. Unpack this for us, God, in a way that makes sense to each and every one of us, whether we're here in person or listening later on. Lord, we do ask that you would open up our understanding of your holy word. Help us, Lord. Break our hearts. Help us to see what you see. Help us to humble ourselves, to be more like Jesus. We pray in his name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You guys could have a seat if you would, please. So sometimes in the church, some could get caught up on church titles. We hear all kinds of crazy church titles. I'm not going to go off and rattle them. But many church titles that are used seem to convey a different meaning than what God wants for you and I. After all, as we looked at in our servants meeting time, we have Jesus. He even says about himself, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. He humbled himself. Paul writes about that over and over. And we need to learn more and more about the humility and the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We need to. Let me personalize this passage for myself. I need to learn this. So yet, through all of this and all the crazy church titles that we endure today, Paul teaches us that even through these titles, how we are to serve the Lord. I'm going to splash something on the screen here. By the way, who's seen the movie Ben-Hur? Looked at a snippet earlier. Okay, you can go back and, and watch that movie. I'm talking about the old one from the 1950s with Charlton Heston. Good movie, right? Good movie. As we say about those movies at that time, epic, where they have a ton of people... <laughs> Can't really do that today, it's maybe with computer characters, but that's a scene from the movie. So Paul uses this title about himself. Look at this in chapter 4, verse 1. And I love the context of the text. We'll get back into that in a bit, but I want to dig in here with you. We have it on the display. This word for servant. He says in chapter 4, verse 1, let a man so consider us as, he says, servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. So this is a word, huperites, that Paul used. It's a Greek word. It's a compound word made up of two words. The first word 
is hupo. You can see it here in my notes. I put it in red. Hupo means literally means under. The second word, eretes, means a rower. Literally, it's under rower. Under rower. And why have I, you know, earlier in our service meeting time, and also here on the display, why am I showing a picture of Ben-Hur? If you've seen that movie, you saw a picture of the under rower. So this is a shout back to the Greek military time, where if you've seen this movie, the rowers would be seated in the under deck, not up on on you know the top. Where, oh, you get the sunshine. The oh, I love the smell of the ocean. Anybody love the smell of the ocean? I love that. You hear the seagulls. You get the sunshine. Always. A lot of oxygen because you're out there on the water. He's not up there giving a tan and, and all. He's underneath on the lower decks, this under rower. And history holds that in the Greek military, their war machines or war ships, the under rower would be seated about a foot above the water and they'd be rowing. Now, in today's day and age, we have these diesel engines. We have power in our props and the engines and we can power through things, waves, and so on. But at that time, it was people power, especially in the Roman military. They wouldn't rely just on the sails. They would rely upon the under rowers. And what you don't see here in this picture, if you see in the movie, though, they would be chained there. It's not like, uh, can I get a little sunshine? I want a little honor. I want a vacation. Can I put in my request for vacation? No, they were slaves and they were an under rower. You wouldn't see them on the above deck. Literally, this is the word that Paul uses, huperetes. Consider us as an under rower of Christ. So think about the context of the person that wrote this. This is the Apostle Paul, the main teacher to the church in the New Testament letters. He's the apostle. He's the one that planted this church that we call the Corinthian church. And in the past passage, we learned how some of the people there, they were arguing over, hey, I'm of Apollos. Apollos was one of the main teachers that was there. Some were saying, no, I'm of Paul. He's the, he was the evangelist that won souls, planted the church, was preaching the gospel, the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ, pointing them to Jesus Christ and what? And him crucified. No, I'm of Paul. Others are saying, oh, I'm of Peter, Cephas. Was Christ divided? No. And so in the context here, he's teaching the people, hey, even though I'm an apostle, even though I'm the church planter, even though I was the one that preached the gospel and some of you heard that good news and got saved and then came into the collective church body, an apostle and me and others taught, I want you to consider me an apostle as what? An under rower. I'm an under rower. I'm expendable. And by the way, because they were chained there on the under decks, Let's say another ship rammed them, like in this movie. You got in that movie, Ben-Hur. If you've seen the movie, right? I think it was another ship hit the side. Water starts coming in. And the people are like, hey, get me out. Someone unchained Charlton Heston in that movie. He's like, what? And he gets out. But you can see that what happens. If the ship goes down, what happens to the under rower? They go down too with the ship. And it's this imagery that I want you to get in your head and heart because this Roman military, this Roman warship, this person, that under rower, that's the person that Paul says, I want you to consider me as that. And I, I have to say, that's a good thing. That's a godly thing. That's a humble thing for you and I to think of. Amen? 
Because we live in a day and age where you hear a propped up prideful titles. Reverend, most holy reverend, most right reverend. Does that mean everybody else is wrong? So think about these titles. And yet here you got the Apostle Paul. I'm an underwriter. I'm expendable. I'm a slave of Christ, he mentions in another passage. And this is the Greek word that he uses. So notice that this word for servant, it's literally the word for underrower, reminiscent of the Roman military. And just as the Roman slaves were the underrower, it's as if Paul's saying, that's how I want you to think of me and Apollos. And let me take this time to say, that's how I want you to think of me too. I want us all to give honor and respect to the, the pulpit ministry, not me, but to the authority of the word of God spoken in his church. But this is not my house, amen? It's God's house. We'll get into that, that second title in a bit. But I'm an underrower. I'm expendable. You've heard me mention this throughout the years, and I'll say it again today. When I die, well, may the name Jesus Christ live on, but my name is just going to die. I don't care about that because I serve Jesus. He's my Lord. He's the, using this imagery, he's the captain of the ship, amen? I'm not the captain. So some people are like, what do you want me to do for you? No, if I can't be the captain, if I can't be in charge, and that dirty C word, control, I ain't going to follow you. So guess what happens? They're not a disciple of Jesus. They'll never follow him. Why? Because they want to call the shots. So I love this example. Paul's like, hey, I'm an apostle. I was a church planter. It was through my heart and mouth and lips that you got saved, preaching God's good news. But I want you to think of me as an underrower. I'm expendable. I'm here to serve the captain. And I think there's a lot for me to learn in that. And I think there's a lot for us all to learn in that, amen? That's how I want you to think of me and Apollos, Paul says. We're simply under rowers for Christ. We're not the captain. The captain is Christ himself. Same thing for me. So let's remember as Paul is teaching in chapter 3, he's mentioning about the fact that he was one that can plant and Apollos was one that would water. He would water them in God's word and they would grow. But who's the one that was the grower? God. God causes the growth. And Apollos was simply just the one that would teach them the Bible, God's word. Same thing for me. God is the one who caused their spiritual growth. And then Paul moves on in this chapter now, verse 1, chapter 4, verse 1. How are we to think of Paul? He goes on to answer that here. How should we consider Paul an apostle and, and Apollos? They're just servants. They're under rowers of Christ. And I'm going to drill in that message because if, if it doesn't speak to anybody, I think it does, but I certainly know this speaks to me. This humbles me, and that's a good thing. I need this. Here's also a passage that Paul was used. I'm referring to Acts chapter 26 in verse 15 and 16. This is Paul now in the book of Acts. He's quoting Jesus himself. Using the same word, under rower. So in other words, the way that Luke wrote and recorded the book of Acts in Acts chapter 26, quoting Jesus, Jesus used the same Greek word, or as Luke is recording here. So it says in verse 15, So I said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And check this out in verse 16. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose. What's the purpose? To make you an under rower. That's the word minister as it's translated in your Bible. But that's the exact same Greek word. To make you an under rower. 
Why would Jesus appear in your heart and life and change and transform you? Again, the caterpillar to the butterfly to make you and I an under rower. It's just in our English language, we like to hear servant or minister better, right? Under rower? Wait a second. I remember watching that movie, Ben-Hur. It's like, oh, excuse me. Yes. Can I take a shower after? It's been two weeks. No. <laughs> Can I get more food? Can I go to the bodega? I'm a little hungry. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm an under rower. To make you a minister, an under rower. And to witness both of the things which you have seen and the things which I will yet reveal to you. Acts 26, 15, and 16. So Luke records Jesus or Paul quoting Jesus in his testimony using that exact same Greek word. Is that biblical? Is Paul just trying to get out there and just claim how holy he is? No, he's quoting the fact that Jesus uses a similar sentiment. I want to make you, Paul, an under rower. And you think, Christian, that Jesus wants the same thing for you and I? I can't speak for your walk. I can speak for my own walk. And I can quote the, or, or speak the general principle. Yes, I know he's trying to help me and try to make me an under rower. But guess whose heart gets in the way many times? Christian, ladies and gentlemen, point to which heart it is that gets in the way. I don't want to be an under rower. I want to be commanding the ship. I could steer the ship. You could tell me. You, you're the one telling me. I'll steer it. No, I want you underneath. You're with the crew. You're with the team. You're an under rower. Lord, help us. I need that. So Paul quotes Jesus using that same Greek word, huperites, under rower. So by extension, to apply this, you and I should know that the same could be said of those on the servant team in our church. You know, I, I wrestled with this in my heart years and years ago, before I met most, actually almost all of you. Uh, even before I met my wife. Like, what should we call the folks? What identity? Well, what's biblical? Like you see here in First Corinthians 4? I'm a servant. Even if I'm the church planner. Even if I was one that was laboring from the beginning. Well, if Paul could say that about church at Corinth, wow, I, I did very little here. I just showed up. God did the work. I just do the footwork. I want you to consider me. I'm just a servant. I want us to be considered, amen? Servants, under rowers. This is a good thing. I don't want to puff up your pride and then have you fall. That's, that's the, the job of Satan. Okay. You and I need to humble ourselves. Oh, I'm an underbrother. This happens many times. You'll see this even in this church. Someone will come in, and a lot of times people, I get it, they might want to meet the pastor of the church. I get that when I go to a place as well. And sometimes they'll say, oh, are you the pastor? And you'll hear me mention, I just, I challenge myself to do this might slip, but pretty much most of the time I'll do this. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm the pastor, but I'm one of the servants. I like saying that. Because why? Because I need to humble myself. I think we need to, amen? I'm one of the servants. And I'll point to others. I don't want the attention to focus be on me. Look, there's a servant. There's, there's a lot of people that are serving here. I'm just one of the servants. That might confuse some people because sometimes they want to talk to the man in charge, person in charge. Like, I'm not in charge. I'm just a servant. You want the Greek word? I'm an under rower. I'm an under rower. I think that we need to consider ourselves as servants, not superstars. Amen? We're simply under rowers. We're not the captain of the ship. Jesus is the captain. So when someone asks you, or when someone signs up to serve here, I know they'll ask me, oh, are you the pastor? You know, literally, I, I need to say yes, or I'm an under-shepherd under Jesus, the good shepherd, but I'm a servant. We have a lot of servants here. There's, there's over 20 servants on earth team right now. Praise the Lord. But why would we choose that term servant? 
Why? Because it's biblical. It's biblical. Therefore, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. We're just under rowers. We're not the captains. We're just under rowers. Jesus Christ is the captain here. Amen? So Paul goes on to mention a second title. I'm going to keep this brief today. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ. Next he says, and stewards of the mysteries of God. So I, I did a screen capture again in my Bible study software. I did the homework so you don't have to. This is a word that speaks of, and I circled it here in the red. This is the house manager. That's it. We don't own the house. It's God's house. Amen? That's something that we're all challenged with today. It's like, whose house is this? I know our landlord will say, oh no, you're the one that signs on the dotted line, Drew. <laughs> but, spiritually speaking, this is God's house, isn't it? I don't own this place. We have to pay the rent. <laughs> but the one that owns the house is God. Paul knew that he was just a manager in God's house. I want you to consider me as a servant, an under rower, and a steward. The steward is not the owner of the house. Steward might be a manager in the house, might be just a worker in the house. Is that what we are? Hey, Drew, if I sign up to serve here at Calvary Chapel of the Cross, well, we give you the title servant. It's biblical. If you have a problem with that, well, you got the problem with the Bible then. You got a problem with Jesus, who says, Son of Man did not come to be served. Some of us are just looking to be served. Did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. He says that in Mark's Gospel. So in a similar way, you might think of Joseph. Remember his story in Egypt? Joseph was a manager. It wasn't his house. It was Potiphar's house. He was simply a manager. Joseph managed the house, but he wasn't the owner. So we're servants, we're under rowers, and we're also stewards. We're stewards. Steward your gift well. Steward what God has called you to be where you fit and how you need to function in the body of Christ, in the church. Every Christian has a calling in the body of Christ, amen? Everybody. You need to figure out what is it that God has called you to be. You know, you're an under rower. Where do you sit? Okay, if this is the imagery that Paul used, consider me that. Consider Paulus that. Consider it by extension. Consider you and I that. Where is it you, you sit? doesn't matter where I sit. <laughs> I'm just a under rower. And on top of that, I'm also a steward. So I'm not the captain of the ship, and this is not my house. He owns the house, amen? The house of God. And we mimic that imagery that was first found in the Torah, first five books of the Bible, where the Jews would worship within a thing called the tabernacle, or that word sanctuary, it's a holy place. We mimic that here. And we consider this a sanctuary. Also, this is a chapter we just left in chapter 3, also chapter 6, also Second Corinthians 6. You are a dwelling place of God in the Spirit, a sanctuary, a holy place. He comes to live within you. But as far as here in the church, whether Corinth or Queens, New York City, Jesus is the captain. We're simply under rulers. Amen? And this is God's house. It's not mine. We could choose maybe what to name it, where to where it would be, right? We could pick all those kind of things and pray through that and settle on where his grace and his spirit leads us. But he's the owner. We're simply the steward, the house managers, 
Think about that. Now, some people, they get upset. It's like, I don't want to serve here then if I can't take ownership of it. And some people, they pick their companies that way. I want to go to a company where I could be part owner. Great, if that's where God's leading you. But as far as the church, you don't own the church. Jesus does, amen? I don't own the church. So a steward doesn't own the house. Stewards are simply managers of the house and in the house. So this is how it is for you and I as well. The church is God's house. God owns and God gives wisdom as to what gets done here in his house. Amen? Just like how Paul says, we're simply servants and stewards. So look look what Paul goes on to write. He says stewards of what? He says stewards of the mysteries of God. I want to bring up this word, musterion. Mystery. That's the Greek word to use. Musterion. It's a mystery. Mysteries of God? Yeah, do you know this? Whether or not you want to choose to publicly serve the Lord, I do need to tell you this, that God's going to open up these mysteries, musterion. They're going to open up for you. You're becoming more and more like Jesus. And so what's going to happen as you humble yourself, and there's dozens if not hundreds of biblical spiritual principles when you serve the Lord publicly that are going to open up. This Bible is going to come to life, right? James writes, be a doer of the word, not a hearer only, deceiving yourself. And as you publicly serve the Lord, you're going to become more and more like Jesus. The Lord's going to reveal more of his hidden wisdom to you. Can any of you here that serve on the servant team testify to that? The Bible comes to life, right? Not because of me. It's not because of my brilliant teaching, because I don't have any. There's way better teachers out there. It's because of who you are in Christ and who Christ is. He's the captain of the ship. You're his under rower. And he's the owner of the house. You're simply a steward. Will you steward what God has given to you? What's entrusted to you? Will I steward that? And I steward it well. I need his wisdom to do that. But that's what's going to happen. You and I are given his wisdom as a steward. And in his house, because he's the owner, and he's entrusted that to you, that the things that you learn and apply in the Bible... What does he want you to do with it? Just hoard it. Like, no, this is my truth. That you would exemplify that. Let your light so shine before men. Others who see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. God wants you to steward over these things he gives to you and I. Amen? All right, verse 2 and on. It says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. Verse 4, For I know of nothing against myself, yet I am not justified by this, but he who judges me is the Lord. Verse 5, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the heart. Then each one's praise will come from God. I want to point out something in verse 2. Verse 2 the word for faithful, so we're a steward, steward over the musterion, the mysteries of the Lord, of, the, of God, it says here. Faithful. It can also mean trusty. Trusty, or that can be relied on, is what it says in the dictionary definition. For, so for those of us, especially those on the servant team here, as a steward, you're simply managing what God has appointed you to here in God's house. That's it. You're managing. You're, you're a steward over what God appointed you to. Consider that Christ is the one that's going to judge you on things. Like, how do I show up? Do I show up? How do I communicate? Do I communicate? He's going to judge me on these things. Not just us here. 
So when you, uh, and let me speak now directly to the servants, those that are on their servant team. So when you sign up to serve here, you may have committed to a literal church, a physical entity that we are here gathered. But guess who your real commitment to is? Who is it to? It's to Jesus. A lot of people don't get that. Please understand that. And we're just here to help each other, to test one another, to encourage each other. So communicating. Am I going to communicate by grumbling? Sometimes I get that. And sometimes I need my wife to set me on the right path. Right? Anybody know that? That sometimes your spouse can, can help you with that? <laughs> Why is it that your spouse and only your spouse sometimes will just tell you the real deal and like, let me cut through all the clutter. Let me just tell you how it is. Like, gee, thanks. <laughs> Praise God for that. <laughs> so ultimately... Can Christ rely on you in your serving him? Think about this too. This is the church, the wife of Jesus. I, this humbles me. Can Christ Jesus rely on me, rely on you, rely on us as we serve him here by taking care of his wife? We're taking care of his wife. We're part of it, okay? His church. But think about this. There's a bunch of men here. How many... People, would you entrust someone else taking care of your wife? It's like, that's a weird thought for a man. It's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) We're designed as men. It's like, what? (laughs) And think about that. Jesus entrusts his wife, right, the church, his bride, to us. Not just to the men, but men and women. Like, wow, that's a lot of responsibility. Exactly, so we need him. We need to cry out to him. Amen? We need that. (laughs) So we are just a servant of Christ. Think about that. Before we're a servant of this church, servant of fill in the blanks, servant of your boss at work, servant of whatever, rower on a ship, servant of, and not even, we're not a servant of a denomination. We're not a servant even of this church or servant of Calvary Chapel. You're a servant of Christ, amen? I'm an under rower of Christ. And if Christ wants to assign me or reassign me, praise the Lord. I just need to listen and follow and obey. Amen? That's it. So we pray, God, bring people in that are hungry for your word. Not just people, not just Christians, people that are hungry for God's word. Christians that want to learn more about Christ. And he's brought you guys in. So this is what he does. And so closing up here, I'm going to have to just close. Servants, stewards, let's remember, folks, you're a servant. You're an under rower. You're not the captain. Jesus is the captain. You're a steward. The steward's the house manager. You're not the house owner. Who owns the house? God. God owns the house. So in closing, let me just say, please pray. Pray for us. Pray daily, especially those of us on the servant team. We want to serve the Lord. As Paul wrote, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. If anybody here wants to serve the Lord on our servant team, let me know. Let me know, because my guess is that's why God brought you in here. Because he wants you, just like with Paul, he wanted to make Paul an underrower, a servant. If that's you, you want to serve Jesus, you don't mind being called a servant, you're not the Lord, you're not the master, you're not the captain, you're not the owner, you're a servant. If that's you, let me know. We can pray for you. And we can help you to grow. So I'm going to close with a word of prayer. Can we stand, please?
And then in just a moment, since it's first Sunday of the month, we'll transition to our communion time. And so, Father in heaven, we thank you for this time. Thank you for the Apostle Paul. Someone like the Apostle Paul says, consider us as under rowers of Christ. Oh, Lord, that really humbles me. I've got so much to learn. I think each of us do. We thank you for heroes of the faith like the Apostle Paul. As much as he was used by you to teach the church about grace, to write roughly half of the New Testament books, as much as he was used by you, he says, he's just an under rower. He's just a house manager. That you're the captain of the ship, so to speak. That God, you are the one that owns the house. It's God's house. So we might say Bethel, the house of God. We belong to you. We've been bought with the price, the price of the blood of Jesus. So Lord, oh, help us to confess our sins to you daily, to repent, to turn away from the old ways. And we ask, Father, that you would empower each of us by your spirit, that we can be, even as you had our brother Paul, how he wrote these things, how he did this. Help us to walk that same walk. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. We want to mimic those ways. These are great and godly ways. But Lord, we've got so much to learn. Help us, keep us humble. Protect this church, Father. Please purge out the sin that's in our hearts and lives. Protect each of us that we can simply consider ourselves humbly saying that we're, we're simply servants, we're under rowers. We're just going to do our duty to you, call us home. And we need to fulfill the mission that you've given, the calling that you've given for each and every one of us. But empower us, we ask in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.